It's just like Cleveland, I think. The factory towns of Western Germany have experienced a lot of change over the last couple decades, but they've also brought us some of the best footballers in the world. One of them is Julian Draxler. This is his story. First thing I remember in life is normal that you the first real face you see is your parents. So mom and dad, I would say. Of course, I love them more than, than everyone else in the, in the world, anyone else in the world, it's, it's true. Because, as I said, they were always there for me. They, they will be there for me always. There's not too much to, to describe them. They worked hard all their life. We were not a rich family or something. We were not poor, like we didn't have uh, enough to eat, but there was no, no, no money to, to buy a new PlayStation game or even a PlayStation or something like this. So, you know, both of them, they worked hard, and that's what I learned from them, to be prepared that life is not always easy. And, uh, you know, my father woke up at five, so I didn't see him before school. He went to, to work, he came back uh, at four in the afternoon, and then I was waiting for him at home with my, with my back. He really started um, that early because he had in his mind to be there for me to, to drive me to the training, because um, he had the possibility to start at eight and to work until, I don't know, six maybe in the, in the evening. But he started early, he woke up early and was, was at home like at four. He was there for me to, to, to bring me to the training, and that's uh, what I'm really thankful for. And my mom was, was similar. She was uh, waking us up in the morning. She was doing the breakfast, and then when we went to school by bike, me and my brother, we went to the same school, so we went together by bike, and uh, she was preparing. She was working in a bakery. Most of the times when she was working Saturday, we had like a big cake for the Bundesliga matches. We were watching on TV. Schalke was playing... The away matches, we were at home, we were, we were watching the games and there was always something, something different like cake or, I don't know, some other sweets. And uh, we were always happy when she came back home, uh, of course, because she was home, but of course because uh, she always had something sweet for us. She was working like from 8 to... It was, it was different. Sometimes from 8 to 1, sometimes she started at 1 and finished at 8 in the, in the, in the afternoon or in the, in the evening. It was a little different with her, but um, it was important for us that there was always someone at home when we came from school. You also had the chance to go by bus and by, by uh, train, for example. I would have had to leave the house like at 2 in the afternoon and uh, there was no time to do my homework, to learn for school. So I was really thankful that I had the chance to do, to do my homework, not like in a hurry. And I can rest maybe 30 minutes before I went to training. The area where I come from, where all my family is from, is Gelsenkirchen, next to Gelsenkirchen around, the, around there. And this area is so special because my grandfather, his father, my father, so everyone worked in, in, in like a mine like this. And that's also what makes the club Schalke so special. There's a connection between the club and, and all the workers. And that's where I come from. I, me, I, I never worked there, my brother never worked there because my father was the first one who, who made it to, to grab another job. But... The, all the area where, where I lived was all about the, the mine workers and, and stuff like this. So it's in the west of Germany, it's, it's close to, to the Netherlands. So if you want to see it like in the map, we don't have like in Paris, for example, like big shopping malls that uh, you will not find there. But no, I was happy. We had like a normal uh, neighborhood. Everyone was like the same salary. 
because uh, they were nearly nearly doing the same everyone so uh, no I think my my childhood and my neighborhood when I was young was was really nice yeah. everywhere in, in my in my area you you find that in every town where you go there's there's one big like like I said before mine and um It's, it was important for all the area because uh, most of the families they were working there and uh, that's what they needed. So I would I was I would describe the area where I come from like this for you maybe it looks like not beautiful like Paris or something but uh, if you are from there you you start to love it. Even me I miss it right now when I'm here in Paris. For me it's, it's also beautiful. Uh, I don't know if you if you want to describe a beautiful picture you would not take this one but for me that's that's kind of beauty. Yeah. In the earlier times, we brought many workers also from the, from the other countries. Like we have a lot of Turkish guys, Arabic guys, even Polish. We are multicultural. I think that's that's the word. So a lot of my friends they they come from all over the world. I grew up like this. For me, maybe it's why why in football I don't have problems to make friends with Brazilians or Spanish guys or even Turkish. So for me, it doesn't matter where they come from. It's just. I was always used to to cope with different cultures and different languages so um for me in football there was no problem to to come to Paris and suddenly be in a locker room where they speak uh, Italian and Portuguese or Spanish so it's not important for me I always try to to be part of a group because I learned that also where I was coming from some kids they they settled in in Gelsenkirchen or next to Gelsenkirchen and they they were not speaking not speaking german because they come from turkey or from from arabic from the arabic uh, countries they started to learn german but it's for me i was young i couldn't understand so but for me it was not a reason to keep my distance to them for me it wasn't it wasn't important especially on the football pitch we were happy to have all the all the kids there to play it was better to play 11 against 11 or even 15 against 15 than uh, only two against two so that's what i like about about the area where i come from you can you you don't have as i said like the, the beautiful beautiful city but you are very multicultural and you can you can discover also a lot of things but that was the first one who really believed in me to make my dream come true and uh, That's what he told me a lot of times, but he was also like very demanding. So if I had, for example, important game Sunday against Borussia Dortmund, for example, and uh, I was 12, 13 years old and I played a bad, a bad match, he wasn't like, ah, next time you're going to do better. He was really angry with me. He was angry with everyone that day. Yeah, if, if I played a, a bad match Sunday, the weekend was over, I was... I was spending the the time alone in my room and uh, thinking about the game or oh, next time I have to do better it was really like this so but if I played the good games it was like the opposite when I when I played a good game he was like ah you're gonna make it you are one of the best you will do you will be professional but if I played like not so good he was like no you will not make it you you're not good enough <laughs> and so it was like I f I felt the pressure quite early <laughs> I was feeling the pressure like very early when I was playing in the youth teams for Schalke. Uh, I always wanted to be, I always wanted to be the best, and uh, I also had like the feeling to to make my father proud. For example, if there was a tournament and uh, they were in the end, they were saying like, okay, the best player comes from Schalke and was number 10 and it was me. For me, it was like the the best feeling because I I knew, of course, for me. 
I was doing well, but of course I, I made him proud because he was there for every tournament, he traveled with me and uh, he was supporting me all the time and on the other hand he was like the biggest critic and uh, for me it was it was just this, I wanted to show him and me and, and all my family that I can do it and I had it in my mind very early, I think if I was, when I was 12 or 13 years old, I, I just thought of this, I have to make it, I have to make it, I have to train, I have to... I have to improve, I have to, to show everyone how good I am. and uh, So it was not, not one, one specific moment, but it was uh, like I, I had it in my mind very, very early. Schalke is a very special club. There's just two ways to see them. You love them or you hate them. It's like that because, you know, all in Germany, the area where I come from, they see us like, hey, they can work, but they don't have uh, that much in their head, let's say like this. And that's what people see Schalke. They were very successful in the 50s, so it's a long time ago, but there's a big history in the club. It's still a big club, but for example, they didn't make it to win the, the championship 60 years now. The people in, in Germany, they see the club maybe not as big as it really is. You have to be from there, you have to know all the, all the, all the club and, and the history to, to really love the club. You know... Sometimes it's it's difficult because you know football changed also. In the earlier times, you you could win a championship if you had the hardest working team. But I think nowadays it's not possible because the football has changed. So you need players like here in Paris. You have to play good football. You have to to be competitive to the other great clubs in in Germany, for example, like Bayern Munich. And uh, I think Schalke is is like they are looking for the the right balance between working and good players. Sometimes they had great players, for example, I can name one, who's, he, he's called Manuel Jurado, he's playing for Espanyol. He played there, he was one of the technical, one of the best players I saw. But he, hadn't, he was not like the worker who was running 50 meters back to win the ball. For example, they, the fans, they didn't respect him, they didn't like him. And for me, it was like, wow, he's really good, why they don't like him? And even me, I'm not like the big fighter who, who's sliding, sliding uh, over the pitch. And, and I think that's that's the difficulty in, in Gelsenkirchen. So they have they have to find the right balance between playing football and working football. And sometimes I have the impression that even the fans they don't really know what what they want. And that's how I would describe Schalke. It's a great club. It's a fantastic club. Big history. Crazy fans. They live. They die for the club. But. Sometimes I think they don't really know where they want to go. They want to go like up, up to the best clubs or they want to stay like they are, but, you know, keep their history and just be proud of, of what they are right now. But if you are, for example, playing with Schalke for just for the Europa League, for example, they are not happy. They, they will go home and they will say, oh, the coach is not good. The number 10 is shit. The defender, we need a new defender. But on the other side, they forget that like a good number 10, a good defender from like world class costs a lot of money, but they don't want to spend because they don't want that kind of superstars in their team. They just want to... Yeah, they don't really know what they want. I think Cleveland is like this. They were very angry when, when LeBron left to Miami. Then he won, like I don't know, three, three rings in Miami. He came back to Cleveland and everyone was burning the, the jerseys when he went to, to Miami. And then he came back, he played like uh, five great games and everyone loved him yeah. because he was working hard and he was showing I'm really here to, to help 
Cleveland and not only the, the NBA team for the whole city. And that's what, what Schalke is like. My first training in the first team of Schalke. When I went there in the locker room, I was very nervous. You know, I, I was 16, so I talked to my father um, and I asked him, for example, if I see the guys, what can I tell them? Uh, do I say, for example, if there's a player like Raul or Klaasian Huntela, do I say, hello, Mr. Huntela, or do I say, or do I say uh, hello, Klaas, <laughs> you know? That was difficult, and I went in the locker room and uh, I said to Jermaine Jones, I remember, he was a player for, for Schalke, I said, hello, Mr. Jones, <laughs> and he was like laughing at me and said, oh, you can, you can call me Jermaine. <laughs> that was the moment I realized, oh man, now you're part of the group, you're allowed to talk to them, like, you are really, really a part of them. Of course, the first time I saw Raul, because he was like a childhood role model for me, always, he has always been, and, uh, and I saw him, he was playing there. I was really nervous, my, my hands was cold, you know, I was two days maybe before I knew I will, I will go there in the locker room, I was afraid of this moment. I did not really care for the other players, of course I did, but not like with him because he was playing like 15 years uh, Real Madrid, everyone knew him, he was like the god in, in Schalke in this time and uh, sometimes when I, were, when I were home I was thinking about this moment, oh man, when you see him just shake the hands, don't say anything, just tell him who you are, and that's it. And I was so nervous, even more than a, a test in school or something. So that was a crazy moment for me. And uh, you know, he was like the biggest football star I could imagine this time. And he was, of course, he was old. He was like 34, but he reached everything. He won three times Champions League. And he was just a, a role model for me. And the moment I, I saw him... We didn't really speak, I just told him, hi, I'm Julian, and uh, I, I quickly moved on to be just in my own comfort zone, and uh, yeah, I was really afraid of it, but it was one of the craziest moments in my career. I have never been the, the guy on the pitch who was like sliding all the time or tackling like crazy, so I was more like the number 10 who has a good feeling for the ball, for the game, but some people in, in Gelsenkirchen, they don't really like that. As long as, as it works, it's, it's nice, but if you have a game, for example, you try to do two or three crazy things and it doesn't work, they are angry with you. They will say, uh, we need someone who works football and not someone who's, who's dreaming already about Real Madrid or Barcelona or even Paris Saint-Germain and uh, he just wants to play with superstars, to be in a team full of superstars. I had the impression that the people in, in Gelsenkirchen think of me, that I see myself bigger than the club. It was never like this, but it was just my, my way of, of performing and my way of playing football. And... Um, that's what was, was really sad. I was sad about it when I, when I left to Wolfsburg. I saw it like my, my last chance to, to go the next step in my career. But I still love the club. You know, I'm sure that they will make their way to go back to the top in Germany also. But, you know, in, in my case, especially in my case, it was not easy because I was not like the working football player. And maybe that's why the, the crowd was crazy about me when I came up, when I was 17, 18, everything was good. But then, like normal in your career, you are like doing great, and you are maybe not so good in the moment. And uh, yeah, when I started to have my first problems, I think the distance between me and the, and the fans was was growing, and that was the problem. And then I had like injuries; the whole club was not doing well. We changed the coaches a lot, a lot of times, and uh, 
you know, I always had like the feeling I had the club on my shoulders. If you feel too much pressure, and I felt it's not good for my own uh, for my own career for my for my own progress. So there was the the one day I came back from five months injury and while I was injured the, the club was not doing well which changed the coach and, and, and I came back and I, I, I think I made like two games two or three games and I was not in a good uh, in a good shape you know if you are out uh, for five months you're not in your best shape we won a game 1-0 against a small club in Germany and but I didn't play that good not that bad like normal I was looking for my own uh, rhythm football rhythm to, to come back but in this moment there was one game and it was this, this game where I decided I cannot stay here because I had the feeling even now okay we won we won the game 1-0 and I'm still the one who who gets all the pressure you know they expected me to come back and now okay now everything is going better we will win 4-0 5-0 against all the small teams but I wasn't I was 19 or 20 years old, so I wasn't uh, ready to do this, to carry the whole club on my shoulders. That's why I decided to leave the club to Wolfsburg, even though I, I still love the club and I will always love the club. But there was the decision I had to make, like stay here and then be like the, the guy you've always been, to stay home with your family in your area or to do the next step for your career and uh, become something great or better or whatever. So that was one that one special game. It was at home against Paderborn. So everyone expected us to win 4-0, 5-0. But in this situation, it was not possible. And yeah, that was the moment I felt I have to move on. I was working all my life to, to achieve that, to play in this stadium in front of these fans, you know, to perform for the club I love and to, to bring success to the club I love. But, you know... Then there's a point when you realize, uh, I think for me, I think you cannot be a fan of the club if you're, if you're playing for the club. Of course, you can support the club, you can love the club, but you're, you're a professional footballer and it's not the same to be like to cheer for the team if you are on the, in the crowd or in the stadium or, or to, to be on the pitch and take decisions. That's a big difference. And I was really young. I started when I was 17. As I said, everything was going well. I was progressing. I was learning a lot from players like Raúl and Huntela, Farfán. We had this time, so everything was easy. But then Raúl left. Farfán was injured, and suddenly the focus was more on me. And I was 19 years old, and I felt that in this moment it was just too much for me to to cope with. And uh, as you said, then you had to to make the decision. Because I can be honest with you, Wolfsburg was not the club of my dreams when I was younger, of course not. But I think in this moment it was the right step because they were still playing Champions League. They had a good team. I can, it was a lot easier to develop myself. And that was the moment when I thought about my own career. So I, I left Schalke for my own career. But it was heartbreaking, as you said, because I had to tell my family, my dad. He was a big fan. I said... I have to go, I cannot stay here because I was also like, not sad, but I was feeling like I, I'm not able to move on here. I have to leave. And I, I was in a difficult position because I was not performing like I could go from Schalke directly to, I don't know, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich or clubs like that. There was the possibility to go to Juventus. But Juventus was not ready to pay the fee for Schalke so that I, I couldn't go there. So there was Wolfsburg or Schalke, I had to decide. 
and uh, I decided to, to, to follow my own career, my own goals. They were paying the fee for Schalke and everyone said like, okay, I'm a traitor. Because I, I was leaving the club Schalke, who is way bigger in Germany than Wolfsburg. But in that moment, Wolfsburg played Champions League and Schalke was struggling. They just didn't understand that I was looking for my own career. But I think it's normal, even me, when I would, when I would be in the crowd and my favorite player I would leave for a club like Wolfsburg, who is definitely smaller than Schalke, I wouldn't understand. So that's why I say... Uh, you have to see it from the from the side of the professional football player and from the fans. I'm I'm sure they they're still angry with me. They don't understand, but maybe maybe I I can explain like this. To be honest, I don't really remember the games. I of course I remember the final, but I think more because I saw it several years after a lot of times when Ronaldo scored the two goals and Oli Khan made the made the mistake. But there was one thing. Uh, it was the first time I was on television. Because there was a TV show from Germany who asked my team, like under under eleven in, in Schalke, to to give like prognostics about the games. And they they came to our training and they just had the camera like this and they were filming us and they were asking, "Oh, what do you think, Germany against Brazil? Will they win or not?" And I was saying, "No, I think of course I'm German, but I think they will lose because." They have Ronaldo and Rivaldo, and we don't have a chance to stop them. I was exactly saying this, that it will be difficult because it was raining, and Rivaldo, he has a good shoot, he, he can shoot very strong, and that will be a problem for Khan. And I said that in the live on TV, <laughs> and in the end, in the final, he was shooting, Khan missed, and Ronaldo was scoring. That's what I have in my mind when I think about the World Cup. The beginning of the story is hard because I, I had a bad season with Schalke. I was injured also. I wasn't even sure to make it to the team, to be honest. So there was 23 guys and we had a strong team with Germany. and I wasn't sure to make it to the team, to the World Cup. I was 20 years old. I was working really hard. I think like four, five months uh, when I when I just recovered from the injury I took a, a private coach with me like nearly every day because I knew I have to work I have to work I I cannot make it to the team just because I play good in the Bundesliga because I wasn't ready I was injured and I was not in, a, in my best form so I knew I had to show to the to the coach in the preseason that I'm in my best shape that that he can count on me that I'm ready that the, my injury is perfect that I don't have problems anymore and uh, if you see my, my statistics in that season, uh, there were many, many players that were better than me, like nearly the, the same position. But I was ready for the preseason to show the coach, okay, I have to go there. There's no, there's no doubt about it that I have to go to the World Cup. I'm ready. I can help the team. And I played a very, very good preseason with the national team. I mean, it's three or four weeks before the World Cup it starts. You know, you... You have fitness tests. You have like the the last games before the World Cup. Now I was prepared, and I I showed the coach, okay, I'm ready. I had always a special connection to Yogi Löw, to the coach, so he liked me. But of, but of course, it's a World Cup, and he would take the 23 best players, no doubt about it. So, as I said, the Bundesliga season was not good for me, and uh, I was really looking forward for the preseason to show him that I'm ready. That was a special kind of pressure, you know, you, you already made it to the national team, you are there, you are a good player. People all over the world know you, but the only thing that's in your mind is you have to go to the World Cup. It's very important for your career, for your country, for everything. I think the decision that I had to go was 
three or four days before the plane um, to Brazil. You know, there was three and a half weeks when I was thinking every day about, okay, would it take me? Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Then you're alone in the room, you think about, okay, you have your position, you have Podolsky, you have Royce, you have Katz, you have Schürrle, you have Müller. Or you think, okay, they are, they are good. They are good. You have to be, you have to be strong to, to be part of the team. And then finally, four or five days before the World Cup, he told me, okay, which number do you want in the World Cup? It was funny because uh, I took the 23 because we had some players who, of course, they had their numbers like Podolski, number 10, Mesut, number 8 this time, I think. And they were the best numbers were already taken, so I was just happy to be part of the group. And I said, okay, I, I take the 23. And then uh, there was another player, he was knocked out in the final and he loves the 23 and he asked me to change because he had the 14 and he wanted to have the 23. And I said, okay, for me, no problem, let's change. And then uh, I took the 14. So there was another change right before the tournament. Yeah. All the staff, all the players, we went to the sauna and we were like 50 people, I think, in the sauna. It was unbelievable. But it was like more team building. And then the, the team manager, it was not Yogi Löw, it was Oliver Bierhoff. He came to me and he was like asking me to, because maybe he knew that I was nervous because I was thinking every day, okay, make, do I make it to the team or not? And he was taking me and he was like asking, which number do you want for the team? And I was looking at him and I was afraid uh, to ask, what does it mean? Am I, am I in the group or not? And I didn't ask and I just... I said, okay, I would like to have the 23 then. And I went to the room and I started to think, okay, was it like the, let's go, we go to Brazil? Or was it just like, in case you are in the team, you could have the 23? And I was starting to think again. But then the next day, I think it was the next day when, when also the coach, Yogi Löw, told me that I'm in the team. And uh, that was the first step I had to make on the journey to win the World Cup. In the tournament, I didn't play like the big role. But I was proud to be in the team, to support the team, even in training. And uh, I was still young, I was 20. So I think it's no shame that I just played the 7-1 against Brazil. You know, I didn't play the, the big role in the tournament, but I was just proud to be with the team and for my country. But the real fight for me was the, the preseason to be in the squad. I think in football, it's always like this. You, you think about the team and you think about yourself. Of course, it was 1-0-2-0-3-0 very fast. And you were just thinking about the team. And you said like, okay, wow, we will go to the World Cup final. I don't think Brazil will score four or five goals in the second half. But then suddenly you start to think about, okay, I didn't play yet in the tournament. I mean, you trained well, you gave everything for the team. You deserve to play this game now. It was 5-0 at, at halftime. And the only thing I was thinking about was, okay, I have to play today. Then it was like 70, 75 minutes and he, he brought me. And I was like uh, really, really enjoying because the game was already over. It was 5-0. There was no danger. So that's why I was just enjoying to be on the field against Brazil in the World Cup semi-final. And uh, there was no pressure like I felt when I was young or something. I was just enjoying. I played a good match. At my I mean, it was just 15 minutes, but I played good. I showed what I can. I mean, millions of people were watching on TV and everyone was thinking about, well, what's this German team about that they can beat the Brazil like 7-1? For me, it was, it was so important that I got the 15 minutes and, and I said that also to the coach that I'm really thankful that he gave me the chance to play there. After the game, we couldn't really celebrate because we saw all the guys, the Brazilian guys, because it was in their country. They were very sad, not, not only the crowd, also the players, they were destroyed. I mean, if you see the, the pictures, David Luiz or Neymar, he couldn't play, he was injured. And 
yeah, they were destroyed. It was the dream who was uh, taken away just like this. And we knew, we felt we have to be like a good winner this day. We have to take care of them first. And then if we are alone in the locker room and we are alone, of course, we were happy that we won and we were happy to make it to the final. But at the same moment, it was really strange because we traveled back to our camp. It was a long journey and we saw like all the people on the streets. Of course, they were set, but after that, everyone told us, okay, now you have to win it. Germany has to win it. Germany has to win it. So they started to cheer for us. Of course, it was against Argentina, the final, so... They didn't want Argentina to win, but it was strange. We just beat them 7-1, and you felt like every city we saw, the people were more and more cheering for us, and we were in the bus, and we were sitting there, and we said, it's impossible. We just beat them 7-1, and they're, they're just giving the laugh to us, and they want us to win. They really want us to win the final. And even the last three days before the final, we went to Rio. Everywhere we went, there were people from Brazil and... Of course, they, sometimes they had the, the flag of Brazil, but on the other hand, they had the German flag. So it was a, a really special feeling for us. And uh, before, before the final, I was like, we have to win it, of course, first for Germany, but also for Brazil, because they don't really want Argentina to win it. When we won the World Cup, there was, even for me, I, I never had tears of joy when I won a, like a trophy or something. But this World Cup was just like in a movie when you stand there on the pitch, you have the trophy in your hand and you, you're like presenting it to your family who was there in the, in the crowd. So it was a very special feeling, not only for me, also for him. I know that because I, I was talking about it with him a lot of times. You know, that's the dream everyone has. And if you, if you win the World Cup, there's no, no bigger thing to reach. For me, it was a special moment when I could present him like the trophy and he was there in the crowd in the Maracana in one of the biggest stadiums in the world. And that's the moment when you realize, okay, now, now I made something big. <laughs> of course, he was proud. He, he hugged me and said, uh, now your hard work paid off. That's what I remember. If you have something in social media and you post something, there's always someone who's saying, like, you have to change that. There was many, like, commentaries. And they were asking me, like, at Draxler Official, why don't you buy a new kitchen for your grandma? Because it was really old and, you know, you can see it was, like, from the 60s or something. Uh, but what they don't know is, like, my grandma, she's living in the same flat for 50 years. It's starting to be difficult because she's old now and there are steps and then we ask her to move to like a flat where life is easier for her without steps and something. But she doesn't want to move. She doesn't want to move. She wants to stay there until, you know, hopefully not soon, but until she dies. I could see in her eyes that she doesn't really understand what happened in the World Cup, how big it is. You know, not how big I am, but, you know, what I reached. For her, it's like I'm still the guy from the neighborhood who is going to play with the kids. And even now, she asked me to come back to, to Gelsenkirchen that I can see her more often. And she doesn't understand what it's, what it's been like to, to play for Paris Saint-Germain, a big, a big club like that, to fulfill your dreams. And uh, for her, it's just important that I enjoy, enjoy myself, enjoy playing football. And for her, she, she will not understand that, uh, that I win the, the World Cup, maybe the biggest thing in the world. And she will not understand why I have to go to Paris just to play football, because I always had fun when I was playing next to her house, you know.